It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King, joined today, as always, by Jason Caldwell. Let's talk about Auburn's game this Saturday night against Cal, heading all the way out on a West Coast road trip to California Memorial Stadium there in Berkeley. If you are watching on Central Time, it'll be a 9.30 kick on ESPN. If you're watching on Eastern Time, uh, you better brew some coffee during the day because it will be a 10:30 Eastern Time kickoff. It ties the longest, uh, excuse me, the, the the latest kickoff that Auburn's ever had in one of these games. Jason, uh, 1976 against Arizona was the was the last time. And look, uh, Justin Wilcox talked about it a little bit yesterday. You know, we were looking at the game notes on Monday. Everything having to do with oh Auburn's record against the Pac-12, which is pretty good actually overall. All, you know, they've never beaten a Pac-12 team on the road. Their record in California. I guess that's not going to change. But all these other these these conference records, uh, Jason, are going to get completely blown up and reshuffled. Yeah, one, one one about three more months worth, and then it's it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, and when that you know that still continues to be a conversation. It seems like uh, you know Will Cox was talking about it on uh, on his press conference, and Hugh Freeze even got asked about it today on the teleconference, and uh, you know gave kind of a candid response saying that he was kind of glad the SEC has kept this thing a little bit more regional. Now, give it another 10 years. We'll see where this goes. But for now, the SEC is may not be east anymore, but at least it's still south. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, he, he said the concern everyone else has is, you know, how can it be good for the student-athlete to go that far? Because Auburn's doing it right now, but ACC schools next year are going to have to do this. They're going to have to go to California all the time. I just wonder, too, is will, will Auburn see Cal next year? I, I just wonder. I wonder, yeah. Uh, they're going to have to play a much different conference schedule. Everything's going to be different. They're probably going to, I mean, they already played nine conference games in the Pac 12, but I don't know. I don't know how this, this thing's going to work with, with these SEC schedules. And, you know, so who knows? Um, and we've seen these things happen before. So it's going to be really interesting to see. And I, I think we have a really interesting few days ahead of us, uh, the travel notwithstanding. Yeah. I mean, you look even to UCLA, that home and home series. Will that stay the same with them moving to the Big Ten? Uh, yeah, I, I, I just can't imagine. I think there's going to be a lot of changes in, in the schedule moving forward. Yeah, so this game, of course, uh, right now, Auburn currently sits at a five-and-a-half-point favorite um, for this one going to Cal. Cal, we mentioned it a little bit on our recap show of the UMass game, but Cal took care of business in week one as well, Jason. Um, they went down to North Texas. Sort of messed around with them for a little bit, kept things close, and then second half just blew the doors off of them. Um, I believe the final score there was 58 to 21, uh, 297 rushing yards. Maybe, maybe I have that incorrect for uh, for Cal in that game. Uh, Jaden Ott 
who is one of the better running backs. Look, Hugh Free said it on Monday. He's a scary running back. He's one of the better ones we'll see this season. A buck eighty-eight and two touchdowns for him. The Montana State transfer Christians guy had uh, had three touchdowns there at running back as well. And Jason, you know, we'll talk a little bit about them on both sides of the ball. But quarterback is a question for them right now. Sam Jackson is the TCU transfer. He's a bit more dynamic, a bit more of a dual threat. He won the job, got injured early in the second quarter. Ben Finley, the NC State transfer, took over. It didn't really matter. They didn't lose a beat. They they relied on that run game. And in his own right, Ben Finley had a pretty nice game too. This is this is a pretty bad North Texas defense. I was actually interested, Jason. Um, 125th in the SP Plus entering the season. They are now 133rd in defense um, in the FBS. So that's uh, that's pretty bad. Yeah, they're, they're not going to be much different than that either. They're, 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 they weren't very good. Right. So, But still an impressive performance there, I think, for Cal that maybe surprised a little bit of their fans as well. Jake Spavitol's back as the OC, and they uh, – shoot, they didn't have any issues in week one. No, it's uh, – you, know, you know, they'll do a little tempo at times, spread the field out. But, they, I mean, they ran the football. That's probably the biggest surprise is even, even when they moved to a different quarterback and they threw it some with Finley, they still ran the ball. Um, and they were successful doing a lot of things. And you're right – it's hard to tell. I honestly think we can tell a little bit more from Auburn playing UMass than we can from, from Cal playing North Texas because North Texas is a – they're a run-and-shoot type of offensive team, don't play a whole lot of defense, and most of the good defensive players are on another team just like Auburn has one. Auburn has one of those guys. Uh, they one of the guys on both sides of the ball from North Texas. But, you know, Larry Nixon came off that defense. They lost some other guys off that defense. Um but what you can tell immediately is that this is a team that has some speed. Cal's got some team speed, Jay Knott being one of those. Um, he can really run. For the old-school Auburn fans, he, he, he has a little bit of Demontre Carter for me. He was a guy that was a highly recruited player, but this guy's just six foot 200 pounds. I mean, he's he's big physical guy um, that has that speed element to him. It's going to be a challenge for this Auburn defense, and, and I mean, that has to be where this one starts because – Auburn had some issues during the preseason, Nathan. They had issues last Saturday um, when you when you kind of adjust it, take away those sacks. I mean, UMass had some success running the football, and now you face a Cal team that had nearly 300 yards on the ground. Um, that has to be the focus for Auburn's defense heading into Saturday night. Yeah, and speaking of a little bit of news on Wednesday, you talk about Larry Nixon. He was the leading snap getter there in that first game, Austin Keys, starting middle linebacker. He's going to be out for a little bit. According to Hugh Freeze, this is separate from that shoulder injury he had in the preseason. Um, apparently, he injured his thumb against UMass, and uh, that required that required surgery this week. We didn't see him at practice. I noted that on the message board on uh, on Tuesday that we did not see him out there. But you know, sometimes guys are just working elsewhere in the facility with trainers. Ended up being that uh, that he had surgery on that thumb, and so um, that linebacker spot, like you said, Jason. It's the rubber meets the road now for Auburn in its run defense because Hugh Freeze said, like you mentioned, all preseason, oh, is our is our run defense, you know, struggling or are or our running backs just that uh just that good? Six point eight sack adjusted yards per carry for UMass is maybe not a great sign, but that doesn't tell the whole story of of course, you know, because that game was sort of in hand there, uh, really at the point of the second quarter. But um, to me, and we'll get a little bit to you know Auburn's offense against this Cal defense as well. But like you said, if if Cal can run the ball, we talked about this game maybe being a shootout, maybe maybe not. If Cal can run the ball, Auburn is going to have to put some points on the board, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on a new look offense. It is, and and it's really interesting because these are two offenses that have some similarities. Um, 
what Cal does a lot may depend on who, who the quarterback is. And Nathan, you had a chance to catch up with, with, you know, their starter who was injured last week in Sam Jackson and, you know, how good is he? Does he, does he stay good? And it's pretty obvious that after what Ben Finley did last week, they're probably going to play him some too. You may have two, two teams that play two quarterbacks and do two types of different things with them. Um, but no matter what it, it, it is, it's, this is, you know, last week showed up to be a challenge for that Auburn defense, even though it didn't, you know, it didn't turn out that way in terms of points scored for UMass, but they did a few things here, there, and Auburn started putting the pressure on. Can Auburn have that same recipe on defense this week? Will that pressure work? Um, because this is a, this is a much better offensive line. Skill guys outside are pretty good for Cal. I mean, this is a team that had, I think, three one-score games against USC, Notre Dame, and Washington last year that were losses. I mean, they played some people close. And, and um, so, I, yeah, very interested to see, you know, what Auburn does defensively. But you're right, there's, there's, there's a bunch of storylines for this game. Yeah, it's funny. You, you mentioned Sam Jackson. Um, talk to him today. If you're listening to this, you can go. I'll probably have the story up on the site. Maybe he's he's uh, got a really good relationship with Peyton Thorne. They played together at Naperville High School in uh, in Illinois in the Chicago area. He was a wide receiver for Thorne at first. He caught 10 touchdowns from him um, Thorne's sophomore year. And then when Thorne left his junior year um, or when excuse me, when Jackson became a junior and Thorne was gone, um, he moved to play quarterback um, when he came in. Thorne was already there. And so he said, uh, he said, Thorne sent him a text message this week saying how excited he was to see him. And um, Sam Jackson said, look, I can't, I can't respond to that. That's, that's some, that's some mind games. We'll wait until after the game. So, uh, so it's game week for a couple of former teammates, but something interesting that Sam Jackson brought up, um, Jason is, you know, so he was asked, you know, Hey, you know, the ambiguity of, of not knowing who's going to be a quarterback. Do you think that can be an uh, advantage for you guys? And it was funny. Sam Jackson said, "Well, they've got Robbie Ashford, so like they already know how to defend a dual threat." He he basically threw that storyline aside. He was like, "Yeah, they they already know what they're doing." Like I'm a lot like him. Probably not an advantage for us. I thought that was thought that was interesting. But yeah, you're right, Jason. If it is Ben Finley, you're gonna have that Auburn pass rush is gonna need to be good. Um, if if you're going against more of a pure pocket guy, Jalen McLeod. This gives us a chance to talk about a couple more injuries. Is he gonna be back this week? I think probably yeah. is going to be the case he seemed like a game time decision and then talking about the coverage we were there on uh, at uh at practice on tuesday nehemiah pritchett in pads going through it looked pretty good jd rim looked pretty good as well if you can get those guys all three of those guys back for you on defense i know they lose austin Keys, so that's a that's a bit of a blow but you get your best cover player your second best cover player and your best pass rusher that could be really big for them on saturday yeah i, I think you're you're i think had they played cal last week we probably would have seen those guys anyway. I think it was like, hey, let's make sure we're not going to rush those guys back in. We saw Jalen McLeod dressed out last week, which means to me, you're right. Had they needed him, he we might have seen him last week. And it got to a point where I was like, we don't need this guy. Let's don't push it. Let's don't rush it. I actually ran into him on Wednesday just in passing. I said, hey, you good? He said, yeah, I'm good. So, um, you know, everybody always says they're good. Um, but I, I think I do think we'll see Jalen McLeod. And it might be important in this game because – this going to be a team is going to have a little bit more, especially when Finley in the game, a little bit more of that true passing attack. Uh, but they're going to spread the field out. I, I said it last week, and it's kind of true every week. It really is. I hate to be clicheous, but but it's tackling, tackling and turnovers. That that that's that's a major factor when you go on the road, playing a game like this. Auburn did not tackle extremely well early. Um, they did tackle pretty well, but a lot of it came because they forced negative plays. 
Um, that feels like it's going to be a Ron Roberts theme, forcing negative plays because you you know you're going to give up some plays in this defense. How many of those negative plays can they create? I mean, that's going to be the storyline for this defense. And how well does that that duo of Keontae Scott and Donovan Kaufman can you add to what you're doing with those guys? I think we're going to see more of Eugene Asante kind of doing some more attacking well at that linebacker spot. He did a good job of that too. This team's going to attack with some smaller, quicker guys, play a little bit more defense like we saw TCU probably a little bit at times last year. So uh, we'll see if they can have success Saturday night. Um, not to take anything away because I, from their performance against North Texas, um, just was kind of looking at some of those numbers, wondering, because I think North Texas was a – I looked at their win total. It was like six and a half. So I was like, okay, that's a, that's a nice win on the road against a team that should go to a bowl game. You look at their defense, and it's just terrible because I was interested to talk to our, our guy Jackson Moore, Jason, over at Cal's 24-7 site. I asked him if he was surprised at how good they were on offense in that game, and he said not really. Um, and he mentioned how bad North Texas was going to be on defense. I just want to bring it up real quick. Jason, guess how many missed tackles you mentioned tackling. Guess how many missed tackles North Texas had against Cal? Well, I watched probably a quarter and a half of the game. I didn't see the worst part of it. I would guess probably in the 30s. PFF's got him at 19, which is still not very good. <laughs> still not very good. Yeah, yeah, and I thought there was a bunch of them early on, and that's when they were playing pretty good. They missed, you know, on, on one of Jackson's runs on a third down, they probably had three or four missed tackles on that one run for him. Um, he kind of broke out on a third down and, and converted. So, um, yeah, not a not a great start for that defense. And yeah, it's it's, but but they got some guys that can make you miss. You mentioned you mentioned Jade Knight. You mentioned Afonso is a guy that from that from Montana State that transferred in had 3,400 career rushing yards for them at three touchdowns last week on just 10 carries for, for folks that, okay, I'm, I've given you some, I'm going to give you another Auburn comparison. This guy's like a Michael Dyer kind of guy. He is short, compact, big, stocky, you know, legs, five, eight, five, nine, but a guy that has been ultra successful at, uh, at the FCS level and gives him a good one, two punch. So, um, they got they got they got some some weapons on this offense side of all. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, four or five starters back on that offensive line as well, Jason. So, I mean, and we know how big of a difference that makes. It's actually round three for Jake Spavital against Ron Roberts when he was the head coach at Texas State. Um, they went against Baylor twice. They actually, you know, Baylor won the Big 12 in 2021. Baylor had a top five defense under Roberts. That game was 29 to 20. They gave him, they gave him a pretty good run for their money. Um, but Spavital was talking about that yesterday. Of course, he's back at uh, – He's back at Cal. He was there in the in the Jared Goff era when they had great offenses. 
He's back now. Obviously, Texas State let him go as their offensive coordinator. Um, Sam Jackson as well. He said he you know he he got some time against Baylor when he was at TCU, and so um, an, another interesting kind of layer of this game. Talking about the Auburn offense against this uh, this Cal defense, Jason. To me, if you're going to say okay on that side of the ball, Cal running, it, you know, Cal's rushing success is a huge key. On the other side of the ball, for me, it's Auburn's efficiency throwing the ball because I think they're going to be able to run. I think if if Cal wins those two two areas, wins as in it kind of goes their way, running the ball and Auburn being shaky throwing it, Cal wins this game, I think, because I don't think Auburn will score enough points. So we heard all week, heard all preseason about this read-based you know, passing offense. Good, not great, I think, for them in that first game. Now, here's the question. How much did they show? How much did they really try to do? I think that's going to get answered on Saturday. Yeah, we know we didn't see the tight ends involved, and we know that's going to be a part of this offense. So that that is a, that is something that you look at, at Cal, and you know they're a. It's a really interesting kind of when you look at it on paper scheme. It only lists really two defensive linemen. Um, you know, and, I, and early on in that game, I saw two down linemen, saw three down linemen, saw four down linemen, and I saw a fifth guy walked up at different times. So I think Auburn's going to get different looks up front. It's probably not going to be as hectic as it was last week with UMass with Don Brown with the blitzes and things like that. But, you know, it's maybe not as much pressure, but it's how, how can we confuse guys in terms of blocking schemes? And so um, they're a veteran group, um, but their linebackers are big. And I think you look at Auburn going, hey, can, can you get Rivaldo Fairweather matched up against some of these guys and take advantage of it? I think we'll see more of him. But you're right. We didn't see it, the the intricate – I don't think we well Hugh Freeze admitted it Saturday after the game. Look, we had some things that we thought we could do that once the game was in hand, we said, look, just put those in the back pocket. Um, it's refreshing to hear a coach admit that, first of all. It was it was nice. But I think we saw even even in the things they did, the the key to this offense is they got some one-on-one situations and guys didn't make plays. You got to make those plays in one-on-one situations, whether it was a throw here or there whether it's a wide receiver not making a play in, in a 50-50 ball, those are the plays that Auburn's going to have to have. Um, and, and can chain hooks and can it get Jair Shorter involved? Um, we saw a lot of targets, the majority of the targets coming to the two smallest receivers on the field last week, when Jay Fair and Javaris Johnson. I think those guys are going to continue to get involved. But can you get Camden Brown in, in the mix? There are guys that can make plays on this team. But it's going to have to be in one-on-one situations because Auburn's going to run the football. And the more they run it, the more of those opportunities you're going to get. Can you take advantage of it? And then the other part of that is, can you get Robbie Ashford involved in the pass game? Because Cal, in my opinion, if, if they can't stop Robbie Ashford running, the game's over with. If they, if he comes in the game and it looks like it did against against UMass, then Cal has no chance to stop Auburn because it's they're going to just run the ball and, and just pound it. My guess is they're going to say, "I don't care how many guys it takes, we're going to come up there and, and not let you have success running that those you know with with Robbie Ashford in the game." So, you're right. I think it's going to come down to passing game, how effective and efficient can Auburn be, and I think you got to make some plays uh, more than just a 15, 18 yarder. You got to hit a couple of big plays in the passing game on Saturday. I think if Thorne has over 200 yards in this game, Auburn wins. Um, I think because that running game is going to I think still be solid. We will see about Jarquez Hunter. We have no update because nothing has changed. He was still at practice, which he still practiced last week and then didn't play in that game. And Hugh Freeze obviously neglected to. This is when it makes sense. This is when you're like, all right, we're not going to tip our hand this time around yeah. because you don't want uh, you don't want Calvin though, of course, because this you know they were going to like we literally said last week like they're going to run 300 yards anyway, and then they did 
exactly that. So we'll see on offense though, as well, Jason, um, we saw Nick Mardner. You mentioned those big guys. He was doing more at practice. That's a guy I'm excited because I didn't, there was more buzz for the other transfer receivers because they were later in the process. And it was like the recency bias. They got him way back when, and he's a Marcus Davis guy. And he was, he was one of their main guys all preseason. And you, and you don't have guys like that. You just don't have a guy that's six, six that plays wide receiver. I mean, in, in Auburn history, there's there's only been a couple that Lawyer Tillman was was six five. Um, you know, you just haven't had many of those guys. And um, even if you don't play high point football, when you're six six and you catch the ball at your face, that's still a tough play for a six foot defensive back to make. Much less, you know, you you, you extend the arms. I think there could be some of those back shoulders and some of those things. We saw some of that with Shane Hooks, who's six four, Jair Shorter, six two, two hundred pound. They got some physical options out there, but you're right. I mean, uh, Nick Martyr could could be, could be a guy that could give you a little bit more of a, of a weapon in the red zone that they didn't have last week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're right. The passing game, I don't. My guess is, even though they've talked about it and we've talked about it and you wrote about it, my guess is we don't see as much rotation on the offensive line as we saw last week. Um, I think it's going to be. You might see two of those groups. I think you might see Gunnar Britton at guard too tall at tackle, then you might see Jeremiah Wright at guard and Gunnar Britton back at tackle. I don't know that we'll see a whole lot more difference than that uh, this week unless they have some issues. Yeah, and it's, you know, there's another another name in here as well. Uh, that Look, Coy Moore was a starting receiver last year. I don't think he's necessarily tip-top in terms of people's expectations. But look, if he's able to come back this year, that's a veteran guy. He's a savvy player. Um, we saw him do more at practice on Tuesday. He tweeted on Tuesday night, said it won't be long before he's zero on the field. So um, just more options and maybe guys who have a little bit more experience, Jason, in that read-based system, just guys who are older who maybe are able to grasp it um, a little bit better. Really excited to see how that uh, how that plays out because I'm with you. I, they didn't show much, and that's such a big key to this game. It's such a big key to their offense moving forward. I'm excited to see how it fleshes itself out. We won't know um, from a travel perspective – um, you know, who's who's there and who's not because this is a non-conference game. So it's everybody's going to have an opportunity to go. So it's not, we're not, it's not, oh, a guy's here, he's going to play because you wouldn't travel otherwise. They're going to be able to send everybody. It's a non-conference game. And so, you know, if you're looking into that on kickoff, that's not necessarily going to be the case. But uh, Jason, you know, as always, people can read it. Thursday, our fearless forecasters predictions for the game. Um, I know Philip said he was close to going with Cal. He didn't end up, spoiler alert, he didn't end up going with them. Um, kind of give me, you know, walk me through a couple of your keys to this game and uh, and how you see and how you see this one play out. This to me, this is going to be one of the toughest games, at least for me. This is one of the toughest games to pick this year. I can kind of see how everything else is going to shake out. Maybe this one, this one gave me a lot of trouble. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of these types of games for Auburn this year. I when you go, man, if you do this, you're probably good. But it's tough early in the year. You've had UMass, they've had North Texas. There's still so many newcomers. There's so much of, of this scheme that we haven't seen for Auburn offensively and defensively. Does it add so much more to the passing game? We don't know. Um, uh, you know, so I, you know, I'm going to go with Auburn, but I, I think it's really close. But I think, you know, I, I think maybe line of scrimmage, even though this defensive line hasn't been good, I think it's an Auburn offensive line that, that could go out there and, and have success. And, you know, it's kind of one of those other ones. You know, you look at it, North, you look at Cal's defense, go, man, they only allowed – 40 yards rushing or whatever it was, but it, North Texas doesn't basically doesn't even try to run the football. That's not who they are. Uh, they just want to go do it and and try to try to you know try to spread you out and be quick. So I think it's uh 
it's an opportunity, but I'm, I'm going to go with Auburn close. Hadn't kind of figured out a score yet, but uh, we'll be long. Yeah, it's I, I have a tough time seeing uh, maybe if Auburn covers the, the five and a half. I, I just see this one being really, really close. Um, like I said before, the two biggest keys to the game for me are Cal running the ball and Auburn being able to keep up by way of passing. Um, because I think they're going to chat. Look, they're coaches. They're, they know better than even we do. They see this stuff. They see Hugh Free saying it. They see it on film that, um, you know, this is sort of a work in progress for Auburn in that read-based passing scheme. Now, could this be a game where they go out there and, and just blow it up? Um, you know, somebody made the comparison to me this week of like when Auburn went to Missouri when Jarrett Stidham was the quarterback and had kind of been, you know, funky at the beginning of the season. They had uh, they'd almost lost to Mercer. They had gotten their offense just torn to bits at Clemson. And then they go to Missouri and just in the passing game just explodes. I don't think Cal – I think Cal maybe is a little bit better than that defense was, but um, it's going to come down to that. I think Thorne has to have a good game. I'm going to pick Auburn as well. Um, I'm not supremely confident about it because I hate to use the talent advantage thing in picking a game. I think that's lame to just say, oh, they've got more talent on both sides. You know, a lot more stuff matters than that. Um, I think this team's got a good approach to this game as well. I don't see this being a team that – it's going to be really thrown off by all these these factors. At the same time, Jason, in a couple of days, if we're talking about Auburn winning this game, body clock game, couple time zones, really long trip, you've got to wait a couple of days to even play the game. A team that is better, I think, than people thought in its home opener, and you win that game, that's impressive to me. I, I will be, regardless of how they get it done, if they win this game, I will be impressed with, yeah, with the coaching and the, and the players. I agree to you. There's a lot of challenges for this game. A lot of things going on. Uh, go out there and, and win this one. Take care of business. Um, long. It makes for a long weekend. A long couple of days afterwards, have a chance to kind of recharge the batteries. But boy, it would be a big boost early on in the Hugh Freeze era to go across the country and win and, and win what I consider a toss-up game. Yeah, and even zoomed out going back to when we were looking at the schedule, we said if Auburn goes four and zero in the non-con, it's a great place to start. Here's where you can get it done. You've pretty much guaranteed it. If you win this game, really helps you in trying to go to a bowl game this season. So, uh, like I said, there's going to be a lot more coverage, um, as I've said a couple times for me and Jason, are flying out on Thursday afternoon. Um, and so we are hoping to have all kinds of great coverage for you guys there um, over on the West Coast. So really looking forward to it, looking forward to seeing everybody there, and uh, looking forward to what should be a great game um, under the lights there in Berkeley. So for Jason Caldwell, I'm Nathan King. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. If you guys enjoyed the show, Five-star review is the number one thing that helps us out. If you could go leave us one of those, we'd appreciate it. Bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him, Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram until the next episode. Catch you guys later. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you all after the game, so enjoy the game. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.